We are grateful that you are joining us for another episode of the AgView Pitch as we know that your time is very valuable. Our team at AgView Solutions is always here for you for any questions or comments that you may have. Please feel free to reagh out to us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. And now, here is your host, Chris Barron. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the AgView Pitch. Today, you have Shea Folk and Chris Barron coming at you with just a short, you know, probably 10-minute conversation here on three key issues that we see in communication. And, and Chris, you called me today and said, hey, these are, you know, a few things I've been thinking about while I was running on the treadmill. And, and I think they're some key messaging. So the first one we're going to talk about today is is ego and uh, how, how can that affect farm operations? Why do we see it as one of the key communication issues, Chris? Yeah, well, there's there's three. That's number one of the three. And ego is, you know, well, it's funny because, you know, like I called you today and I'm like, hey, we need to talk about this. I think I had, I don't know, at least three or four, four phone calls today just on communication and some issues between, you know, father, son, brothers, um, cousins that work together and communication is always that big thing, right? And ego is something that is occasionally um, kind of a big deal. It's almost always in part of the communication conflict though. And a lot of times I think we look at the, we look at it, or, or if you think of ego, we think, well, that's not me. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the one that's got the issue. It's the other person, right? It's, it's, you know, and, and I think we think that subconsciously and it's really probably something that, you know, we, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, okay, how much of this is me, <laughs> you know? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's, that's an important thing. The other one too, I think on the ego side of it is, is sometimes we're not that good at taking constructive criticism. And so when we talk to these clients and, you know, communication being probably the 80, 20 rule, 80, 80% of the time, it's like, you know, this is, these are the issues we have and it, and it stems to communication probably 80%, 80% of the time. And when you think about it, constructive criticism, do you receive it well? And most of us probably don't as well as we should, because we don't want to hear what we're not doing right. But sometimes we need to reflect a little bit, step back and be, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not, I could be doing better there. And with just- your, with your constructive criticism too, you know, we use this word ego. I want to make sure people understand that it's not just big ego that we're focusing on. Um, everybody is guilty of this. So it's not just someone that's being the most boastful and proud of themselves and look at me, look how good I am. Everybody has ego, whether you realize it or not. When you look up, you know, synonyms for ego, one of the things that comes up is self-esteem. And so sometimes when we feel threatened or we feel that we have this sense of inadequacy that comes with the constructive criticism conversation, that's when we unconsciously put up this wall, put up this defense and say, well, no, this isn't, this isn't right. Or he's doing something different or, you know, and it gets in the way of this clear communication that is probably, you know, really a good thing, but we instinctively put up that wall. Everybody is subject to it, not just big ego. Yeah. And and a lot of times I think subconsciously we think, you know, just deal with it. This is just, Mm -hmm. this is how it is. You know, (laughs) it's like, you know, we all kind of got to get along here and, you know, it's, it just comes back to that communication thing. You know, we, we, we don't always have to be right. And I think a lot of times that's, that, that comes back to, like you said, that self-esteem, you know, it's like, well, don't bring me down to that level. And so anyway, I, I think ego is a good one. We, we can hit the next one if you're ready. Yeah. So talking a little bit about insecurity and, uh, you know, someone with a big ego might not think that they have any insecurities, <laughs> but when we, when we look at communication, it can be a huge, um, 
a huge player. And sometimes it's not just, uh, you know, the insecurity from the standpoint of, are we good enough? Do we know our job? But just a feeling of inadequacy or maybe not understanding the picture as clearly as we should. And so, you know, we can put up that same wall there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of the biggest ones I think with insecurity is, or the biggest one that, you know, that we see and, and that, you know, I'm guilty of this one too, is just, is just fear. You know, um, we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to screw something up. We, you know, um, we might just go do something and not even tell anybody else. And sometimes it's like, uh, I'm going to ask for forgiveness instead of permission here and just do this. Cause I'm afraid of the answer. Um, you know, it, it also is like, you know, are you okay with being vulnerable? You know, can you go to your kid and say, you know, Hey, I screwed up here. I'm not doing this well enough. Or can, you know, can, can your kid come to you if, if, you know, it's a father, son or, or brothers or whatever it is and say, Hey, I, I don't get this. I'm not doing this right. You know, we need to fix something and just being vulnerable and being okay with that, knowing that it's a safe conversation. Cause I think sometimes, you know, it, it feels like, well, I don't know if I'm that vulnerable, if I want to let myself be that way, because I don't want to be taken advantage of. And I, and I think a lot of times if you show some vulnerability, you get back what you give, you know, if that, if you give that, you're going to get that back. And I think a lot of times people are just so guarded that, you know, we don't open up the lines of communication because of that. And then, you know, a lot of it is just conflict avoidance. I think a lot of times it's just easier to not talk, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. hey, if we don't talk about it, it's, it, it'll go away, you know, and I think that's, th that those are kind of the three key things really with insecurity. I think any, any other yeah. comments from you? So this is probably part of this whole communication uh, discussion that we're having here, but in particular with insecurity, when you talk about fear, the first thing that came to mind when you said that was a bowl in a China shop, right? And, and sometimes just, you know, the bull walks in and knocks over the first piece of glass and starts freaking out and just starts running around and, and smashing everything in sight. And you just kind of accept that as collateral damage when it comes to insecurity. And I think about, you know, farm operations or business owners, uh, ag business team communications that break down and you have one player or two players that just say to heck with it. We're just going to, we're just going to barge through and continue on like this bull in the China shop and whatever the collateral damage is, it is. And unfortunately that's not sustainable long-term. It might get you through whatever issues at hand. Um, but it doesn't create that vulnerability that you're talking about. And it's just a, it's a reaction based on fear or that feeling of inadequacy uh, that we face with insecurity. So a uh, third point here is control and talk to me a little bit about how you think of control when it comes to communication. Well, as farmers, we're not very independent, right? We don't, uh, <laughs> Oh, I've never seen an independent farmer. <laughs> you know, we all are just ingrained in us because that's how we were raised. That's how we grew up. Um, we're just going to do it ourselves, you know, and just get out of the way. Let me do it. I can do it right. I mean, I was, I used to be guilty. Of, you know, my kids, would be out power washing something and, and I grab the, the wand out of their hands and let me show you how to do this, you know, or you're working on something and you, you grab the tools and say, watch me do this instead of, you know, letting them do it, let them um, do some of those things and make some mistakes. And I think that's just a good lesson, but it goes even further than that. Right. That's, that's some of the small stuff, you know, some of the big things, you know, you think about, um, you know, well, this is how we've always done it. You know, when we deal with landowners, we don't share anything with them or whatever, you know, that's just an example that came to my head, but you know, um, there, there's the old way and then there's the new way. 
And I'm not saying the old way is right. And I'm not saying the new way is right. But a lot of times somewhere in the middle is probably the right place to be. And if we are so hanging on so much to that control, and it comes back to the ego a little bit too, but if we hold on to that control so much that we don't allow the senior part partner or the junior partner to have some control in certain areas of the business, um, I think it really limits the business and it, and it uh, over time starts to screw up the communication because people start becoming a little bit um, frustrated with that internally. And that goes back to the insecurity where sometimes you avoid the conflict because, you know, well, I should be doing that. I could do this better. I could do that better. And we don't even talk about it, you know? So those are some really the big things. And then the other thing that's always funny too, you know, and, and Shay, you can attest to this. We sit down a lot of times we'll ask employees, you know, how's things going in the operation without the, the owners of the operation there, or the managers, and do you, you get the real story, right? You know, it's like, well, you know, it's, it's okay, but you know, I, I, I don't get to do some of the things I want to do, or I don't feel like I have the responsibility that I could live up to a lot of times. And I think a lot of times we just, we, we could get a lot more out of our employees. And sometimes I think we think we can, um, but it's sometimes because we don't allow them because obviously they can't do it as well as we can, or at least that's the thought in our mind, you know, well, they don't, you know, if I put them in the planter, they're going to screw it up and I want to do it myself, you know, well, what happens if you get ran over by a beer truck tomorrow and you can't walk or you can't be there and, you know, and, and it comes right back to cross training that control is something that, that is a real big one. I think, um, on the communication side that, that leads to a lot of other issues. One area that I would emphasize on the control piece that we see all the time, Chris is transition planning and, and people feel that they need to have I think they almost think of it as like a sinking ship, like it's slipping away from me and particularly not to pick on anybody because it goes both ways. And I'm going to make an example of that here quick. So, you know, don't just jump to the defense of the senior operator here. But what I would say is that that fear of the unknown, it almost feels like it's a sinking ship. Like I'm, I'm losing control. I'm stepping away from the business. Um, I've taken forever to do this. And, and all you have as a frame of reference is, as a senior partner is what you went through, you know, and times have changed so much in the last 40 years. Someone made a good point the other day of, well, do you buy your inputs the same way that you did 40 years ago? Do you market the same way that you did 40 years ago? Are we using the same agronomic advice as 40 years ago? Well, no, we're not. And so that transition piece needs to look different probably than what it did at that time. But transition planning is the hardest thing that you have to do once in your life. And where the transition planning really breaks down is not that everybody doesn't have the right intentions in place, but the communication goes to hell in a handbasket in a quick hurry because you have people that really struggle with the control. And, and like I said, I'm not going to pick on just the senior operations here, um, but everybody is tend, you know, prone to not talk about it because the the senior generation thinks well you know we just we never really talked about it this is how we did it and it was simpler back then and the younger generation's like well the older generation they just don't get it you know how do they not see that this is the best way to do it you know and you talk about that communication of you know how do we meet in the middle somewhere somewhere there's that reality of control because we do see junior operations that are like well to heck with it if dad or mom or uncle or whoever isn't going to get on board with it i'm just going to go ahead and do it myself and and i'm going to control the situation i'm going to dictate it and we see that go not very well sometimes either so i i think the key thing here with the communication in these three issues that we outlined that ego that insecurity 
and that can control, there's three things or, you know, a few ways that we can address that. And probably the first one is just open up the communication channels, you know, sit down, have a dialogue and probably create some of that vulnerability. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, for sure. And I want to add tack on to what you were saying on the control too, on the transition stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought of a really cool uh, tagline here. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, this will be my, quote. How's that? yeah, this will be my quote, okay. give up control and gain control. How's that? That pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, um, that's good. We'll make right. What's that? We'll make t-shirts. Yeah, there you go. Give up control and gain control. I mean, then the reason I say that, I mean, I, I've been blessed in our operation. We've got really good people that can do stuff, but I remember when I felt like I was the only one that could run the plant or I was the only one that could run the combine. I was the only one that could do a lot of the stuff. You know, I ordered the seed, I knew the chemicals, I knew all that stuff. But if you start giving up some of that stuff and let somebody else take control of some of those things, you gain control. Does that make sense? I mean, Mm -hmm. because you can't do everything, you can't be everything, you can't get everything done. And, and I know there's people out there listening. They're like, well, I'm trying to find employees in the first place, but I understand that. But when you get them, you have to give them some control. You have to give them that, that those opportunities. And so, and if um, you're not thinking about that, that, when you go to hire someone, it's not going to, you're not going to fix the issue when you do have the right person in place. Be okay with hiring somebody that's smarter than you because they'll, you know, get what you give again. But I like that. I mean, Go ahead. Yeah, just just opening up those channels, um, you know, checking your ego, right? I think mm-hmm. everybody needs to take a look at that. Even if you do a really good job, even if you're humble, you feel that you have open communication, it's really natural for everybody to uh, put up a defense mechanism or have a wall when you're met with criticism, even if it is constructive. Be vulnerable, and then ultimately, like you said, give up control to gain control. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's that, that's what's actionable. That's what we hope that you kind of take away from this messaging and and build these key strategies, build the key points into your communication as you move forward in the week ahead. Uh, planting season is already happening for people, uh, you know, in the Southern United States right now. We got farm operations that are rolling and it's going to be right around the corner for those of us in the Midwest and into Canada. So keep these key uh, strategies in mind and, and be thinking about it as we move forward. Any final thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I would just say go back. This is a good one to go back and listen to again, write three words down, ego, insecurity, and control, and just kind of self-reflect a little bit, look back at yourself and say, how am I doing in these areas? And and do I need to be coaching some of my team to be better? But we need to be better ourselves first. So that was my final comment. Give up control and gain control. How's that? That's pretty cool. Amen. We'll let you guys know when we drop the t-shirt order. So (laughs) thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the AgView Pitch, and we will catch you next time. (laughs) 